0: welcome everybody to episode two of lore masters hs it is us it is i your
1: co-host black Rod, and today with me we have goliath the dwarf your resident hearthstone and warcraft lore master at your service and very happy to be here
0: and you know me just your uh your average day one legend kind of guy well actually <laughs> uh i didn't hit legend yet i'm still at i'm at diamond three so um, uh... You're, you know, you're day two, day three legend guy. Maybe next episode, I'll be a day one legend. <laughs> really excited, oh. though. Speaking of legends, yo, we got a really, a really excited episode tonight. Um, This legendary card here uh, was actually, I think, the first one I, I hit legend with, Paladin. Um, So, I had it golden. Uh, I really like the animation, the way, you know, that light shines off the blade. Um, I can't wait to hear like how this guy even got this blade or what this blade even is. I'm really excited for tonight's episode. Our legendary for this month, we are showcasing the story of Tyrion forgering. Me, uh, you know, the student here, Goli- Goliath is the lore master. He's going to educate me up, and in due time, I'll become a lore master. I'm really excited to find out what the story on Tyrion is. I have no clue. Um, I know there's plenty of people out there just like me. Um, so, without further ado, we're going to have Glad the Dwarf hook us up with some story time. I'm ready. Lord Masters HS.
1: All right, let's get started. So uh, this is a story that's a bit on the densely packed side because it's going to be tying in elements from a few larger stories. We're going to be talking about where the Paladin class even came from in the first place. So this is also uh, not only the story of Tyrion, this is a story It's going to involve the Lich King, it's going to involve Death Knights, and the, where an entire class in Hearthstone even came from. So, yeah, let's, let's get started where it all began, which is way back uh, during the Second War between the Alliance and Horde. Um, at this point, the Horde was... Uh, basically under the puppet control of Gul'dan, our uh, primary warlock hero in Hearthstone. And uh, Gul'dan had just invented, uh, with his fellow warlocks, a nasty new weapon, the first Death Knights. But these weren't Hmm. the type of Death Knights that you see in, like, Death Knight cards in the Frozen Throne expansion. Uh, These were basically the souls of orc warlocks that had been uh stuffed into the dead bodies of human knights, and they had powerful necromantic abilities and kind of like the Nazgul in Lord of the Rings, actually, the whole, you know, there's just this aura of terror around them. And yeah. when the horde sicks them out against the alliance on the battlefield, it's like no one stands a chance, man. It, yeah. it, they are brutal. Sounds and crazy. so the alliance, yeah. And so the Alliance decides that they need something that can help to combat this force of darkness. And this is where our pal Tyrion comes in, along with some of his friends. So uh, Tyrion was a knight. Um, He became a knight at the age of 18, so he was a pretty early achiever on that. Um, And he also was a pretty religious guy, a member of the Church of Light that the Human Kingdoms followed in the Kingdom of Lordaeron. And he studied under, uh, religiously, Archbishop Alonza Fowell. And uh, at this point, uh, he was one of the people who was recommended to become the first paladins. Because that was their answer to the Death Knights. They said, okay, mm. these guys are using... Okay. They are basically soldiers who have powerful dark magic. We have knights... We have clerics, but the clerics are really bad fighters, and they get killed easily, and the knights don't have any magic. So, what if we merge the two, have some people who are trained in both, and then they can uh, be our secret weapon against these death knights? And uh, Tyrion was one of the first five. Um, The others were... Uther, who of course is the representative uh, hero for Paladins in Hearthstone. Yes. Um, Turalyon, who uh, we have a card for our, for in uh, Skolomance. And uh, two other guys named Satan Datherhand and Gavin Rad the Dyer. Uh, these guys were all specially trained and they were given special books. Uh, stop me if you've heard this one before, called... Librams.
0: oh yeah they were given Librams. yes okay yes
1: Librams are special holy books that paladins have these five were basically the uh they were very ancient relics of the church and they each represented a special attribute that that paladin was meant to embody so, this was wow. uh, things like the Libram of protection, the Libram of justice, Holy of justice compassion. Yes. yep. and uh, Tyrion forgering, he was entrusted with the Libram of retribution. Oh. so he he was the one to embody the retribution of right against the wrongs done by forces of darkness. That was kind of his whole thing there. Oh. um. And so, yeah, then he and the other paladins went and served out during that period of the Second War and uh, helped uh, drive back the Horde. And then a lot of time went by and Tyrion... Let's not say retired, but when there wasn't a bunch of dark death knights and orcs that needed fighting, uh, he could relax a little bit more. He actually served as a governor in a principality called Hearthglen, and he got married and he had a son, um, and things were overall uh, pretty well for him until the day he made a decision that would get him kicked out of the paladins. (laughs) Whoa,
0: whoa, okay, okay. It sounds like there's a lot to unpack there. Before we Mm -hmm. do, and before we move along, I want to address something. So you're telling me that there was a point in time where paladins didn't exist, and they got created purely to fight against death knights that Gul'dan created.
1: Exactly,
0: yep. And they got to fight with Librams. That was their source of power? Or is that tools? Uh
1: well, their source of power. They had received special blessings in a ceremony that gave them kind of supercharged, uh, holy light abilities. Got it. Um, okay. the the artifacts, uh, the Librams were partially a source of power, I think, but also just kind of a representative of, you know, it, it's their 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 kind of badge of office in a sense mm. as well.
0: Got it. That's cool. Okay, so hearing this side of it, man, like. When I play Libram Paladin now, it's gonna feel so much cooler. Like, oh man, I didn't know that. I don't know any of the stories, and when I learn them, but hearing it this way, (laughs) that they got created to fight against Death Knights, that's pretty sick. Pretty cool. Yeah.
1: So, uh, if you ever want to arrange playing with a friend, they play a Death Knight deck, you're Paladin, then you can really enact that fantasy there. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So essentially. Um, oh, and this, by the way, this order of paladins—the is the knights of the Silver Hand. So the paladin hero power, uh, when you summon a member of the Silver Hand, yes, that's where that comes from. And ah. there's going to be a, there's going to be a couple times uh, that that pops up here in a few different renditions. Okay, excellent. That's pretty so cool. uh, moving along. Uh, we have Tyrion. Uh, he is a paladin. He is, you know, he has a pretty good family life. He has a decent position of authority. Everyone looks up to him. Um, but then one day he uh, stumbles across this old orc in an abandoned tower named Etrake, and they very naturally fight because you know humans and orcs have been at war. Yeah. Um, but then. Uh, Tyrion gets smashed by a piece of the ruined tower that falls on him. Dang. And he wakes up later on to find that he's been pulled out of the rubble and kind of rudimentarily healed. And uh, he realizes that the orc, Ytrig, is the one who did this. And then he's just kind of, wait, what? Uh, like, it, it, orcs can be decent people. Because the the thing is that the orcs, uh, when they had invaded, the people had only seen the worst of the orcs, the corrupted version of the orcs, when they were tricked by Gul'dan into drinking demon blood and were essentially controlled by the demons of the Burning Legion oh, to go and yeah, the whole I, the whole idea with that was that the orcs uh, through Gul'dan would weaken. All of the forces of Azeroth, so that the demon army could come and and sweep it up with no resistance.
0: Yeah,
1: um, but that didn't quite work out. Uh. Uh, so the the orcs uh, they they were actually um, very shamanistically based, uh, sometimes peaceful, very much a warrior culture though, because they uh, their world they came from was pretty savage, and it was kind of a uh, Fight or die type of life that they lived So, uh, but, but they had a great senses of honor and nobility in their own way and eventually Tyrion managed to uh, track down Ytrig and uh, he sat down and talked and learned about this story of the orcs that he hadn't known before and then he kind of realized that wow an orc is actually capable of having honor Yeah. Um, And and this just kind of blew his mind. It shifted his entire worldview. Um, And he uh, basically he he was very much suddenly a, you know, judge people by the content of their character and not by their race uh, in a very literal sense Uh, because that's. Hey, that's pretty cool to hear. Yeah. There's so many different uh, types of Beings in uh, you know that we call the races in World of Warcraft and Hearthstone yeah. in the world of Azeroth, and that was just kind of his big realization moment that it's it, it can be anyone. Um Only problem was that some of the other members of the alliance they didn't have this realization, and they tried to go and arrest Etrik, assuming that you know he was he was a war criminal. Etrik yeah. uh, had abandoned the Corrupt Horde. He's like, I want nothing to do with this. I want nothing to do with you demon blood drinkers. Um, Which I would say is a very smart idea. Very smart. But Tyrion actually, because he was very determined to defend this orc who had helped him, who was innocent of wrongdoing, and he actually attacked the Alliance soldiers who were trying to take d away. Unfortunately for him, oh, that meant that he was put on trial yeah. and stripped of his rank as a paladin and sent into exile. Like literally, oh, they, Uth- Uther himself performed a ceremony that uh, stripped Tyrion of the special blessings that had been bestowed on him when he became a paladin. So this um, so, is
0: why this is why Tyrion's a card and not a hero portrait.
1: Mm, Seems not quite so much, but he is the for, for the hero portraits, it's just that they decide on the most iconic that they can to get you started. And Uther just has uh, a bit more okay. fame in his story. Uh oh, largely because it's, okay. it's connected with Arthas and the Lich King and all that stuff. Tyrion is famous, but a little less well-known.
0: Oh, I Uh, see, I see. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, but no, no, uh, but Tyrion hasn't been fully depowered, actually, because even though they stripped away kind of his special souped-up powers, um, that had been given him at his initial ceremony, Tyrion went back, he freed Ytrig, uh, from prison, And uh, Ytrig was wounded, and Tyrion did the only thing he could. He tried to call on the Light to heal him, and even though all his blessings had been taken away, the Light still responded to him, and he was able to heal, and that was kind of the sign that he had done the right thing. All the other people were wrong, saying that, you know, you you shouldn't be helping the orc. But that was kind of the, uh, you might say, the divine uh, sign because the light works for people who have, you know, uh, passion, uh, pure passions and intentions. And uh, so, yeah, that that was his big thing right there. Um, He did have to still go into exile. Um, Thankfully, his family wasn't exiled. And he actually managed to uh, kind of sneak in in disguise when his son grew up and became a paladin himself. Who is tail and Forgering, uh, who is one of the new cards that we've gotten in the core sets recently. Yeah. Um, and that's Tyrion's son, who became a paladin. And uh they kind of had a little wink and nod moment, and then Tyrion just kind of disappeared because he wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> uh so
0: cool, oh, he's got a um, son. When I saw that card get revealed, um, I was just like, wow. Um look at this card I was like I saw the last name and I was like wait it's not a paladin but are they related and I think I might have hopped over to once we go out discord I think I tagged you I, I don't know who did it someone did it but I was like hey they're related I think you might have confirmed it is that a thing am I making this up
1: yeah they're they're related they're father and son yeah I actually didn't realize this character existed until this card came out. And I went and did some more research on it because uh, uh-huh. he's, uh, he appeared in some of the, the oldest versions of World of Warcraft, uh, which I wasn't playing at the time. So I never went on those particular quests myself that involved him. But uh, that's something that we're going to touch on very soon here. Yeah. Um, I will also note that um, uh, uh, when uh, Tyrion was uh, rescuing Eitrig, uh he was actually able to do so partially because all the guards were distracted by a band of orcs that came in uh, to raid, and uh, they were actually trying to rescue Etrig too, and uh, it turned out that the Horde had changed during all this time. It was now led by Thrall, our shaman hero, who... Who had reformed the horde in a more going back to their more noble roots, getting rid of all of the corruption, and uh, he uh, was very impressed with Tyrion, and Tyrion became one of the few humans that Thrall held with such esteem and honor. So that they have a really good uh, kind of interracial, uh, cross faction uh, sense of mutual respect going on here, and that's going to come in handy a bit later on.
0: I uh, bet, yeah.
1: as a neutral leader. Um, so, moving on uh, to the sun here, yes. um, it so happens that so that this is something where things get a little crazy. This is something that touches on a larger story that I'm gonna have to summarize. Yeah. but basically, um, there, we have a whole thing where there is the the Lich king and the scourge. And there, the Lich King was initially uh, working with some Dreadlords, but they were actually his jailers. And they kind of uh, there was a whole thing where uh, the Arthas and the Lich King worked together to uh, break him free of the Dreadlords' control. And then the Dreadlords are suddenly on the run. And one of these Dreadlords uh, killed a one of the original paladins, um, Sire Dathrahan, and, uh, or Satan, sorry, Satan Dathrahan, and it possessed his body and infiltrated the paladins of the Silver Hand in order to manipulate them, corrupt them, and kind of use them as a shield against the undead that were coming after him. And this faction of the Silver Hand became the Scarlet Crusade. Um, also contains characters like uh Sally Whitemane, for example. So, the Inquisitor Whitemane card, uh, she's for this faction as well. Um, yeah, and because they the Scarlet Crusade became a bunch of radical zealots, uh, twisted by the uh, the demon who is possessing the the guy that they thought was the paladin, yes. Um, and uh, then there was another group that is like hey we don't like how radical you're going like they, they were kind of human purists they thought you know if you're not a human then you might be carrying the plague of undeath and we need to get rid of you and we hate all undead no matter if they turn out to be on the friendly side um and j- just just really really radical Um, And so then there was a separate group that broke off who didn't like what they were doing. The other half of the Silver Hand became known as the Argent Dawn. Um, And that they'll all come into play later. But for the Scarlet Crusade, Tyrion's son ended up becoming the guy in charge of the Scarlet Crusade. He was a radical guy. He was the High Lord of the Scarlet Crusade. uh, And uh, that really upset Tyrion. Uh, See, he kind of had to watch all this from a distance. But uh, in the meantime, Tyrion was visited by uh, the son of the one guy who had been incorruptible in the Scarlet Crusade. Uh, This guy's name was Alexandros Mograine, and he wielded a special sword... Called the Ashbringer. That's the sword Ooh. that Tyrion holds in the card art. Okay. And now we need to go and talk about where this thing came from.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: So, this was a special sword that was infused with holy lights. Back uh, during the war uh, against the orcs and death knights and all of that stuff, uh, there had been discovered by the alliance this orb or disc that just emanated pure darkness and so they tried to destroy it with the power of the light but it actually just kind of switched it and it became this emblem of holy light hmm. and they decided let's turn this into a sword so uh, they did <laughs> and uh, it became known as the ashbringer and it was very good at killing undead because it, it just turns them to ash Yeah, um, th- thus the name and so this was wielded by a guy named Alexander, um, who was pretty much on the incorruptible side. And so, you know, the demon who is secretly controlling it is like, hey, this guy's got to go. So he arranged, he corrupted uh, one of Alexandros's sons and got him to murder his own with the Ashbringer. Uh, and this corrupted the Ashbringer. Uh, and then Kalthuzad came along and decided to raise Alexandra as a death knight, uh, wielding the Corrupted Ashbringer, uh. and he became one of the four horsemen, uh, members of the Scourge. So yeah, like I said, a lot Ooh. of stuff getting packed in here.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, but then uh, Alexandros' other son, named Darien decided that he wanted to free his father from the being stuck as uh, undead, controlled by Kel'Thuzad. And so he managed to go and uh, infiltrate Naxramas, uh, which, of course, we have the adventure uh, based off of that in Hearthstone, the yeah, first adventure. the
0: curse of Naxxramas.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, so that, there were a couple different versions of the four horsemen. Uh, the ones that we fight in that Hearthstone adventure uh, are the ones after Alexandros, but uh, he was one, the first one. and. Uh, so his son Darien manages to defeat him, but his father's soul is still trapped in the corrupted Ashbringer. And he's like, I want to free my dad's soul. And so and now we get to where this is relevant. He goes to Tyrion. Uh, Cause he hears, oh, you know, Tyrion yeah. is the, the, the exile paladin who lives out in the hut. He's, he's kind of like, you know, the old hermit in a sense, who yep. you go to for some wisdom. But, uh, And Darien is like, can you get my dad's soul out of this cursed blade? And Tyrion kind of looks over. He does some paladin light experiments. And he's like, "Um, no, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do here. But if you are able to perform an act of love and sacrifice that's even greater than uh, the act that corrupted this blade and killed your father, then he'll be free. And Darian has no clue what he means by that. It's, th- this really is the trope of like to go see the mysterious old hermit who talks in cryptic riddles. And yeah, I was going to say, it sounds really cryptic y. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, eventually, he figures it out uh, when he goes to a place called Light Soap Chapel, which is a uh, headquarters of a lot of paladins. Yep. And uh, the Scourge is attacking it. And Darian realizes he has to do is. Make the ultimate sacrifice to uh defeat the scourge and free his father. So he impales himself on mm. the Ashbringer, oh. and that act of self-sacrifice not only frees his father's soul, but it is able to uh awaken other souls. Because here's the thing: Lights Hope Chapel is consecrated ground, it is very powerful with holy light. Uh, with holy magic with holy souls who have been buried there in order to prevent them from being raised as undead and so that just kind of raises a bunch of those uh holy souls that helped uh fight back against the undead there and that's a whole other little side story that Tyrion played a part in but it's important for the story of the ashbringer itself yes do we need to recap anything am i going
0: to oh no no, no. we were i think we're doing fantastic um, okay, you know, good. Just, you know, yeah, just, like- just on my side, I just want to make sure um, I'm listening to the cue of when the visuals. I think we're of course,
1: great. of course. Yeah. Like I said, there's there's a lot that we're packing in here. Oh yeah. Um, um But so yes, when we get to this point, um Tyrion has uh been seeing his son grow up and he manages to uh collect or with the help of various adventurers. Now we're into World of Warcraft quests, so a lot of things are accomplished by adventurers, aka player characters, (laughs) Um, basically gathering a bunch of uh, his son's mementos from when he was a kid, and just kind of using them as a remember-who-you-used-to-be, and eventually Tyrion's able to kind of convince his son, who, remember, is the High Lord of the Zealous Scarlet Crusade. He is way up at the top here. Yeah, uh, he decides, you know, maybe I don't want to do this. So when you play the card of his son, and what does he say uh, when you play him?
0: Kalon Uh
1: Yeah. Kn- Remember?
0: You know what? On. When you ask me, it blinks my head, but as soon as you say it, i am like, oh, yeah.
1: That's okay. how it always works. Uh, he says, this is not what we stood for. Oh, okay, That's okay. It's realization that this Scarlet Crusade, yeah. this is not what it really means to be a paladin, and so he wants to defect away from it. Unfortunately, uh, some of the other members of the Scarlet Crusade catch wind of this and decide they want to kill the whole Forgering family. Oh, damn. Uh, Tyrion's able to fight his off, but he kind of gets there just in time to see his son killed and then he kills his son's killer and then he decides, okay, enough is enough. I am going to reform the original silver hand order. Uh, enough no none of the Scarlet Crusade stuff and those Argentan guys are nice, but no we're I'm gonna form a new silver hand Paladin order. And so that's that's the sort of thing that uh, Tyrion's going for there. Um, wow! So then, that's so, moving oh, on.
0: That's so sad. Yeah, yeah. He witnessed his son's uh, downfall.
1: Yeah. At least, at least he also witnessed his son's redemption. Before he was killed, which is better than nothing, but uh, mm. yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of the thing that inspired him. He's like, okay, I can't just keep being the old hermit anymore. I need to do something. I need to be active in all of this again. Very um, yeah, so um, now uh, we go back to the story of the Ashbringer because yes. after Darian. Uh, sacrificed himself. Uh, unfortunately, it just so happens that Kel'Thuzad was in the neighborhood, <laughs> and he says, what do you know? Here is a new guy that I can raise to replace his father as a Death Knight and a Four Horseman. And so, yeah, now Darien is stuck wielding a corrupted Ashbringer as a brainwashed uh, minion of the Lich King and that that that's not fun. Um, <laughs> that's but not. uh, so we get to the point where the Lich King is deciding that, okay, the time's come for me to just launch my undead armies across all of Azeroth because. The best thing is for everyone to become undead. Then there won't be any more disagreements. Um, you know, everyone will be in harmony. Uh, everyone we can all fight against any demons or whatever. Everyone will be mindless undead under my control. What could go wrong? Uh that's what basically the Witch King's logic there. Hmm. <laughs> and so but he realizes that old Tyrion might be a threat to his plans. And so he orchestrates for Darien to lead an assault on Light's Hope Chapel. And so we uh, we have our picture here of uh, Tyrion facing off against the Lich King himself. Yeah. That's where all this comes in. Because what happens is that uh, while they're attacking Light's Hope Chapel, uh, you know, Tyrion comes out to help defend it. And... Uh, he manages to get through to Darian, uh, along with the uh, spirit of uh, Darien's father, and uh, he manages to break free from the Lich King's control, and he tosses the Ashbringer to Tyrion, who is able to fully purify it now that the initial curse has been taken care of with the self-sacrifice. Tyrion, now he can do his whole light hocus-pocus and Presto, uh, corruption is gone. This is the pure Ashbringer again. And he's able to drive off the Lich King over there, uh, away from Light's Chapel. So that's what he's doing in that little picture right there. I see. Okay, and, that's okay. all- and that's also where uh, Death Knights start to break away from the Lich King's control. And that's why it's possible to have friendly Death Knights now that you can play as in the game, uh, who are not working for the Lich King. And oh. be- they're called the Knights of the Ebon Blade. So if there's any, I can't remember if there's any Hearthstone cards that say Ebonblade Blade this or that, but if there are, that's where that comes from.
0: Yeah, as we do this, um, I'll look on my, on my side and do my little research, but you can continue, sir.
1: All right. So uh, now moving on to the chapter in the story, we have the assault on the Lich King himself in Northrend so this is during the entire expansion of world of warcraft called wrath of the lich king um where basically you have the armies that are going to the lich king stronghold to stop this uh undead invasion right at its source um and basically they come across the little problem that uh well when you are fighting an army of undead, if you have a large army and a army of people are killed, they kind of instantly get raised up to be fighting against you on the undead army side. And so, the Tyrion decided that, you know, when we're going to go fight the Lich King, maybe we should have a small... elite task force instead of huge armies that might just provide fodder to be turned against us. Um, Tyrion had already... Yeah?
0: Real quick, sorry. Um, A little bit had cut out there. So I just want to piece in um, just to fill in real quick. You had said when we uh, go fight this Lich King um, we need to realize that our soldiers are going to fall and then they can be turned against us, right?
1: Right. And so the idea is that if you have a crack squad of elite fighters uh, instead of a large army, then they actually stand a better chance. Just like the strongest champions possible. Okay. Now at this point, uh, Tyrion had decided that he was going to merge his uh, new Silver Hand order with the Argent Dawn and form a new order called the Argent Crusade. Oh. Uh, so, and they that was specially designed to go and attack the Lich King. So. We have a couple of Hearthstone cards that say, like, Argent Crusader or something like that. Oh, yeah,
0: and when they attack, they say for the Crusade.
1: Mm Mm-hmm, yes. So so this is a good Crusade, not like the Scarlet. Uh, Just think, like, Scarlet, Red, Blood. Argent is a term that means white in, like, old knight heraldry. So you have kind of like the Blood Red versus the Pure White. That's how you separate the Crusades and remember which is the good and which is the Bad. Yeah. So then, just as a recap, uh, in order to make sure, all because there, uh, that's a lot of paladin orders that we're going through now. So we start out with the Silver Hand. Silver Hand gets split into the Scarlet Crusade and the Argent. Tyrion decides that he's going to form his own Silver Hand. Then eventually, new Silver Hand merges with Argent Dawn to become Argent Crusade. And Scarlet Crusade is still causing trouble in their own little area. They aren't really involved with attacking the Lich King. Um, yeah. so, so that's how all that's going. But <laughs> now we come to the origin of an entire Hearthstone expansion. In fact, so there's a decent amount that's uh, tied in with this. Because the Grand Tournament at oh. patch, that set, is inspired by, uh, you know, it has its own little hearthstone twist, but yep. what is called the Argent Tournament, named after the Argent Crusade, uh, where Tyrion is holding basically kind of like these Olympic Games in order to determine who should qualify for this elite crack squad that's going to go and fight the Lich King. We need uh... the best of the best here. So <laughs> what better way to figure that out by having them all compete against each other in various Ways and the winners get the grand prize of marching to certain doom against a very powerful undead being.
0: The grand prize of death. What <laughs> you got to fight. You got to fight to get on this team. Probably die and then die
1: anyway. All right. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it has to be done there. And uh, so that is in our little picture here. That's actually some uh, art from the uh, patch where they had. Uh, this event, these games. And if you look at the, um, so you have Tyrion in the front and he has the Ashbringer, and there's a lot of the different champions behind him representing different uh, players. And it, way in the back, you can see some banners. That is the symbol of the Argent Crusade right there. Um, so that the, the little kind of white uh, white sun on a white banner, in a sense, that's their, their little calling card. And so uh, then, when we move on from the Crusade here, our tournament, uh, which uh, for the Hearthstone thing, they, their idea was well, you know, that first tournament was such a success. Let's just keep on having these tournaments for fun now, even though we don't have to go and fight a Lich King. Uh, so, that, that's the idea with the Hearthstone Grand Tournament there. But um, so then, we, when we go to attack the Lich King at his stronghold in Ice Crown Citadel, uh there's a lot of different uh characters that we have to fight past uh as member this crack screen this uh crack squad team that Tyrion is leading and um a lot of them are characters who uh appeared in knights of the frozen throne like um uh blood clean lanethal um professor putricide just a bunch of those characters this is where they fit into the story. They're Lich King's strongest minions that you have to fight alongside. And Tyrion is right there helping to lead the charge against all of these guys. Until at last, they came to the Lich King himself. Very top on his frozen throne right there. Um, And they had a bit of a surprise because Hmm. you see, there's this guy named Bolvar Fordrad. He was a paladin. Uh, He was basically in command of the Alliance army fighting against the Lich King. And he had a little near-death experience, or very, very near-death experience, Uh uh, where he got doused by Undead Plague. And then he got burned by the fire of Alexstrasza and her Red Dragonflight when they were purifying the plague. And then the Lich King came and collected him, so it's this sort of not-quite-dead, not-quite-alive, burning guy um, who te- who the Lich King is attempting to torture in order to turn him into a knight. But uh, Bolvar is just very determined. He's like, no, I won't give in, I won't give in, I'm not going to become evil, you can't curse Even though this torture really, really... Um, but, uh, so that's, that's what the Lich King's been doing when, uh, Tyrion and the adventurers go and fight him. And it turns out that this, this whole plan, this whole thing of, uh, this was actually played right into the Lich King's hands. His best idea, his ultimate goal, his manipulation of all of this was that whole crack squad. Uh, he actually wanted that to happen. Oh, because uh-oh. he gets the most powerful champions in all of Astro to come and fight him. Mm-hmm. They come to him. He kills them. Like he literally kills you in the raid as part of the story. And he's preparing to raise you into his most powerful death knights yet. Uh, uh, and then there will be no stop. And during the fight, he froze Tyrion in a block of ice. Uh, and who is wielding the Ashbringer? Okay. Um, but Tyrion manages to call upon the light to break himself free from the ice yeah. and he shatters Frostmourne with the Ashbringer. Oh, that's yet uh, Yeah, Frostmourne being the Lich King's uh, sword, which uh, kept the souls that were stolen from the people he killed. Yeah. And so and in our little picture here of uh, the Lich King and Tyrion, you'll see that the Lich King is kind of being... Uh, attacked by a bunch of spirits. Those are all of the spirits that were freed uh, from Frostmourne when it broke. And they're very, very pissed at the Lich King for, you know, torturing them for all that time. Of course. Yeah, I'd be pissed too.
0: That's pretty uh,
1: sick. Yeah, and that's what enables uh, the Lich King to ultimately be defeated. Uh, And, yeah, so that is uh, one of Tyrion's greatest moments, where even even though everyone else you know even the best raiders in World of Warcraft, you just can't beat the Lich King because he's too powerful, but Tyrion manages to use his faith to uh break himself from uh being controlled and go and destroys one of the key sources of the Lich king's power yeah. so everyone owes a lot to Tyrion in okay. this moment this is this is like his big shining moment man, yeah that's pretty sweet so. When the card is uh
0: destroyed, you get the weapon the Ashbringer. And when you play the Lich King card, one of the five I think it's five random cards you can get, uh Death Knight cards, is actually frostmourne So it's pretty cool mm-hmm. to hear you explain this side of it. Uh yeah. The backstory on those weapon cards.
1: Yeah, yeah. They and they they are interesting. They're weapon cards that aren't just cards have... And uh yeah, that that's why. Oh sorry those... Glass, uh,
0: we lost you there. Say it again.
1: Oh, I see. And, uh, yeah, so those are weapon cards you can't just get on their own. They come from the character, and that's why you get Ashbringer from Tyrion and Frostmourne from the Lich King. Yeah, that's so,
0: damn, that's so sweet. Okay.
1: Yeah. Thanks. But, um, after the Lich King had died, uh, one of the spirits, who turned out to actually be Arthas's dad... Uh, who was one of the first people he'd killed even before he became the Lich King, uh, he kind of reveals this whole plot twist that there has to be someone who is in control of all of these undead because if there isn't a Lich King, they're just going to run around crazy and uh, just destroy everything anyway. So Tyrion decides that, okay, I guess, and the way you become the Lich King is you put on the Lich King at the Helm of Domination. Yeah. Uh, that, that's filled with all the necromantic powers. And Tyrion's uh, is considering, he's like, I guess I need to take on this bird, and it's the noble thing to do. And he's just about to put the helmet on, but then Bolvar, uh, who has been right there the whole time, he says, wait, Tyrion, no. Let me do it. Uh-oh. I am a complete mess right now. I well, I mean, look at me, I'm all burned and everything. That's our card, Boulevard Fireblood. When he says, this last act of sacrifice is mine to bear, mm-hmm. that is what he's talking about. He says, I will take on this burden. I will become the jailer of the damned. I'll sit here on the frozen throne. And instead of using this power to attack the world, I'm going to use it to try to contain all these undead and prevent them from harming anybody. And so, hmm. a regret, uh, reluctantly, a Tyrion agrees, and he crowns Bolvar the Lich King, and Bolvar Uh-oh. kind of, he just kind of freezes in the Frozen Throne and semi-hibernates trying to keep control of the Scourge for a really long time, uh, several years and expansion's worth of material before we hear from him again. And it's a real challenge for him because he still has a noble paladin Justice, yeah. but that kind of clashes with the influence of the undead powers that are c- trying to slowly corrupt him.
0: Yeah, man. So, seeing, seeing this card, Bolvar Fireblood, now, uh, he has a totally new, badass, cool feel to him. Knowing that uh, he had stepped up and offered to uh, wear that Lich King helmet. Right. And
1: we already had a.
0: Pr- oh, we lost your day class.
1: Oh, and we had a previous card of him all yeah. nose when you see him before he got all burned by dragon fire and such. Um, but yeah, this this is his uh his act of sacrifice when he takes on the burden of becoming the Lich King. Yeah. Um and then uh moving on from the Lich King, uh we have a, a while that passes, and during all this time. You know, uh leading the knights of the Silver Hand and the Argent Crusade and basic protecting Azeroth from various things. Not really uh super notable until it comes to the third invasion of the Bird. Um so this is another how do we summarize how this happened? But basically (laughs) I've gotta give you the short version, it won't necessarily sense but this is what happened so Garrosh hellscribe who is the you know the the warrior here um he became a big tyrant uh ruling over the horde and got defeated but he managed to escape and travel back in time Hmm. to the orc world uh where he Create, he tried to create this alternate timeline orc army to take over Azeroth, and that's a thing that people fight against. But what happened is that because it's another uh orc home drain, there's an alternate timeline Dan. So Guldan is kind of back, but it's a different Guldan, and this Guldan escapes to Azeroth and brings the entire burning region there. Oh. And- See, so yeah, it, it's it's universe, complicated time travel stuff okay, that okay. we don't have time to even try to explain. But um, so basically, what happens is that there's a new a new version of Gul'dan, yeah. and he brought in the Burning Legion, and so um, they're attempting to stop this uh, invading army. Okay. And Tyrion leads uh, his Argent uh, Crusade. Uh, in an attempt to stop all this, but they fail miserably. Oh. Dan captures Tyrion and is uh drops him into fell lava. So hmm. think like warlock magic mixed with lava, uh at, right in front of the Alliance and Horde in order to them. Um and uh this big demon called uh, Croesus uh, like does some damage to him as well. Tyrion doesn't die right there, but he uh, he is imprisoned and tortured. Eventually, the, the uh, there's a new new version of the Silver Hand. So this oh. is the third version of the Silver <laughs> Hand Order. Oh, like I said, man. lots of Paladin orders. Uh, so the Silver Hand is reformed <laughs> at, at Light's Hope Chapel. And uh, they go and rescue Tyrion, but unfortunately he succumbs to his wounds from the torture soon after and passes on the Ashbringer to a new wielder. Um, This wielder is the player character if you are playing a paladin. And coincidentally, remember uh, Tyrion's special Libram that he was the... was Retribution. Yes. Well... You can, uh, during the Legion expansion, you could only wield the Ashbringer if you were playing a uh, spec of the class, a a specialized set of skills that was called Retribution Paladin. And so then you basically, Tyrion passes the Ashbringer on to you if that's the type of character that you're playing. And uh, so you become the new High Lord of the silver hands <laughs> and that uh, Tyrion's body is honored in a service there and uh, he's buried beneath Light's Up Chapel and you go off and do some paladin things. Now there's another thing that happens during this invasion because everybody's trying to chip in uh, to defeat this uh, demon army that is going to destroy all of existence. Yeah. And the uh, the Knights of the Ebon Blade, uh, they are uh, doing their stuff too. Uh, this is a time where Bolvar king uh, finally starts doing stuff and uh, teams up with the knights of the Blade and says you know what we need? We need a new set of horsemen death knights. So what I want you Hmm. to do is I want you to go and uh, resurrect some of the most powerful champions uh, from the Horden Alliance's history and we're going to turn them into a crack squad of death knights to be the fourth horsemen here. If you play The card, Uther of the Ebon Blade. Now, uh, Uther is, uh, as a Death Knight, is not canon. That's a Hearthstone-only thing. But the horsemen that you summon with the hero power, you know, summon all four and you win the game. Really fun if you're playing uh, a a clever one-turn kill deck. Uh, Those are the characters that you uh, resurrect. So there's... uh, Nazgrim, uh, Death Lord Nazgrim. There's uh, Trollbane, who was a uh, king of the Alliance way back. Uh, There's okay, okay. Sally Whitemane, who was, remember, she was a member of the uh, Scarlet Crusade. Then she actually gets resurrected into being one of these horsemen. Yeah. And the final one that the Lich King wants, uh, this is a sign that Bolvar, maybe the crush and starting to get to him a little bit. Okay. Uh, he, he can't only save it off for so long. He says, for our final one, we're going to resurrect Tyrion Forgering as a Death Knight. The paladins are not going to be happy about this, but we're yeah. light-soap chapel and forcibly resurrect him as a Death Knight anyway. <laughs> it does not work out so well. Okay. And that's actually the, the picture of our final slide here is the light-soap chapel. Uh, you can see that we have a statue of Tyrion that he is honored there. Um, and so he's basically buried right beneath the chapel. And so the Death Knights, the, they go and uh, have a raid on the chapel. They're killing paladins and they try to go and get Tyrion's body. But remember how I said it's built on consecrated ground? Uh, even yeah. the Lich King himself, did Tyrion say that. had, yeah, Tyrion had, you know, he'd been able to drive the Lich King himself away from this area. And actually Lady Leadrin comes in and just like, you know, super Holy Nova Blast type of thing here, even though that's a, uh, in Hearthstone, that sort of thing is more of a a priest spell than a paladin spell. But uh, she uh, basically does that sort of thing and is like, nope, nope, you are not getting Tyrion. Tyrion is not becoming a Death Knight. Hmm. Um, And so then uh, Darian Mograine kind of gets, killed by the light as a death knight because the remember paladins were invented to combat death knights in the first place yes and so it's actually possible for a death knight to be killed as much as you can be killed from undeath uh by a powerful lights like that and so he just kind of gets re-resurrected as that final of the four horsemen there um but then so that is basically where uh where Tyrion's story ends, he is remembered as an example of uh, for paladins to follow. He is heavily honored by the third version of the Silver Hand, yeah. um, <laughs> and that and yeah, that that is his legacy. He has quite the impactful story, and the world of Azeroth owes quite a bit to him. He is one of the greatest paladins to ever exist, honestly, and perfectly. Uh, Fitting for him to have been the very first uh, paladin legendary card. Man, it's crazy to hear all this. Um, I had
0: no idea that Tyrion, you know, did so much. I didn't know he like would have this kind of legacy. Um, I just thought going into this, you know, it'd just be a story on, you know, something about the Silver Hands. You know, he had a son, maybe a wife, and a family. They had a village. I don't know a farm, but uh, <laughs> man, this is quite quite the show and quite the story. Um, Man, thank you Goliath for uh you know giving us this uh this content in this past hour on uh how the paladins came to be. Uh it's pretty pretty cool to hear, man. I'm excited. And now when I play cards, you know, with Crusader in it, I'll think about the stories, you know, Scarlet Crusader, Arjun, all the stuff like that. Uh right now in Wild, buff Paladin is pretty popular. So cards with Crusader and you know, in the word in the name are in there. There's a, a three mana card. I think it's Charge. Uh like a Two one divine shield charge things called argent theater or argent something I gotta look it up but uh it's just pretty cool to hear the backstories on this and you think of heard own cards at the moment but uh this this story right here I thought eggwin was cool this one yeah man episode two definitely takes the cake man really really hyped about this
1: oh yeah there's uh th- there's a lot of great stuff and since we're we're starting with all of these uh a lot of the original cards from uh, either the original classics or the core set. The reason that a lot of these char- characters were chosen in the first place is because they are so uh, such great examples of what that class is all about. Um, some of them a bit more so than others. King Crush, not so much of a this is what a hunter is all about type of thing, but uh, yeah. for a lot of them, like egwin with the mage, and now we have uh, Tyrion with the paladin. And there's going to be a lot more great stories that we can touch on in future episodes about even you know what does it mean to be this class. Very very exciting stories to share.
0: Very exciting. All right. I hope everybody here enjoyed this episode. If you like our content, please check us out. Uh, follow us on Twitter at loremastershs as you can see in the video here. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube and um, let us know in the comment section what you think about this episode. Uh, you know, what a cool part of the story you liked. And, um, hey, give us uh, some ideas on what legends you guys want to hear about. You know, of course, we have our ideas in our catalog, you know, brainstorming. But, hey, we are open to uh, listen to the community because um, that'll help us keep going. You know, if we make the videos that you guys want to see sooner, you know, might might uh, bump, the, bump up the viewage. But nonetheless, you know, Uh, For me, you guys can find me on Twitter at BlackRot and on Twitch at BlackRot underscore. And for my co-host here.
1: Ah, yes. Uh, If you enjoy uh, the stories, you can find ones that I write as lore guides and articles on Out of Dot cards. And uh, I've recently begun streaming a bit more. So if you want to find me on Twitch, you can find me at Goliath the Dwarf on Twitch. And uh, yeah, I don't do much social media aside from that, but uh, if you want more of my content, want to talk, then uh, those are the places to go.
0: All right. Sounds great. Okay, everybody,
1: we will see you next time. Take care.